0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is part 2, actually part 1. The last part was the intro on the four series of befriending aging. Yes, everyone, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because number one, if you're lucky, well, you won't be able to avoid it. <laughs> and number two, uh it's killing us softly avoiding. It. So we're trying to see here with my amazing, lovely, beautiful friend, Golden Drake. Um, Just some of our thoughts and experiences on the work we've had to do, befriending changes, aging, illness, you know, all of it, right? The body is, it's a conduit for life and for spirit to flow through, yet we have gotten it all wrong. So welcome, Golden, thanks for coming back on. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: Yes, and so tell us, tell us your thoughts, your opinion, because I know you do so much embodiment work and everybody wants to hear from you today.
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me in again and in such an important conversation that I feel we should all be having. And like you said, we can either resist or avoid this topic or we can be present with it and eventually, hopefully embrace it, right? And I think that this is, oh, just another chapter in a long book of us as, let's say, women who are born and raised into a world that has this—I call it—a beauty machine. You know, it's like the the beauty industrial complex, and we are imprinted from the get-go around um, how to look, how to be, how to present, etiquette social etiquette, all of the ways of what it is to be a woman, we're taught that, or a female. And, you know, in terms of beauty, there's this whole construct around what is considered to be conventionally beautiful. And we are navigating that our entire lives. I mean, I remember navigating that as a child, you know, with the imprints. And so... Here I am today, I'm 46 years old and when I was 42 I went into chemically induced menopause so from one month to the next I was another phase to the Crohn phase physiologically biologically in my body.
0: Um, Let me go back, let me just do it because on the the introduction. um, I talk about if you would be able to explain those a little bit and you don't have to do it right now but the mother crone the mother face to the crone face okay so just to note on that so you're going yeah. to menopause in one month
2: yeah yes. okay so the faces of the goddess maiden mother crone right and then i said the other or the fourth phase i like so i associate the faces of the goddess with the seasons of the year so i think of spring as maiden I think of summer as mother, I think of fall as crone, and I think of winter as the unseen realms. And in my mind, the way I envision it is the maiden and the crone are straddling the portal door into the void, right? When we are, if we make it through a long life, when we are at the end of our crone phase, the elder years of our lives, the final phase of our lives, we eventually pass through the portal door to the unseen realms. And then mm. when we're born again, we are born into the maiden phase. And then the maiden is bearing and straddling open for life to come through her, which brings us into that mother phase, right? Yeah. So I had no idea when I was doing chemo, My, the medical team that was treating me did not, prepare me and tell me that one of the potential effects of the chemotherapy that I was being given had a potential outcome of chemically induced menopause. Mm -hmm. And so I had my first round of chemo and then after that my moon was gone. And I remember going to my first follow-up appointment after that first round and I was like, where's my moon? And my oncologist was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's, you know, one of the potential effects of this treatment. And I was like, I would Because wouldn't...
0: they're stopping all the hormones, right, with the treatment.
2: They're essential... It's like pouring battery acid through your whole system. So, mm. you know, you're you're basically running utter havoc on your organs your systems all the cells it's systemic it's affecting your entire physical body i mean and your mental body your emotional body all aspects of you are affected and i really wish i would have been prepared i wish i would have known that that was a potential outcome because it was all the more shocking to be on the other side already having had chemo wreaked so much havoc in my 42 year body um right. that menopause on top of that it was like so all of a sudden i found myself going into menopausal symptoms experience while i'm going through chemo so it was just like this big hellfire in my life
0: chemo hot flashes moods i can't fucking sleep
2: all of mood swings, profuse sweating in the middle of the night. Um, Just, yeah, energy changes, bone changes, physical body changes. And I never would have guessed that I'd be in menopause at 42. I always just assumed that I was in a healthy body that would transition into menopausal years for years. And, you know, I've been a student of Susan Weed since I was pregnant with my first child 21 plus years ago and have her menopause book and just was thinking I was going to do this whole herbal experience on my way into menopause and, you know, had felt perimenopausal prior to chemo. I kind of, my moon cycle started becoming irregular and whatnot, but there was nothing that could have prepared me to go from like, you know, a bleeding woman to suddenly like, oh my God, that was my last period ever, ever. you know?
0: Yeah. And of course they didn't warn you about this. Like, or, yeah. Side effects could include.
2: That was a nice silence. Yeah. I mean, there were so many probably to list, you know, death being the top Side
1: effect.
2: <laughs> so when you're bringing yourself for a death or heart attack or secondary stage four cancers, I guess menopause is down there on the list.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So you start with this intense body change, and I guess it's speed it sped up the aging process. I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: More is. than just I'm not my moon. It's like um, wait a minute. I'm not that old yet.
2: Right. And so in my body, my experience was as a 42-year-old woman, I went into menopause. Some of the effects of chemo were full body arthritis and fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, brain damage. And then, you know, within a matter of months, I lost my breasts in bilateral mastectomy surgery and so it was just like who am i what am i anymore they, they I gave like...
0: you the chemo first and then they did the surgery
2: okay yeah Wow. so all within a year it was just like it was like body snatchers and i was i felt like i had been transplanted into a 95 year old body You know just simple things like getting up out of bed or walking down the hall was like oh my god this is what our elders experience on the daily and i'm freaking 42 you know and so it was shocking and you know just on the note of the beauty machine looking in the mirror and not recognizing myself at all. I was bald. I was bloated from chemo. I had huge scars across my chest where my breasts once were I was in menopause. So my, my sexual um, arousal, everything was just, it, I was unrecognizable to myself. Mm. And this is actually time where I started having this inner voice talking to me about unconditional beauty. And this was one of the hidden blessings of having such a horrific experience with my external and my internal being changed so aggressively and and in such a brutal way, was it was like this massive intense initiation of, I might not be conventionally remotely beautiful at this point but i started to have this shift perspective where i started to see my true beauty that wasn't contingent upon how i looked on the outside and that's how i lived my whole life because of that imprint whether i wanted to adhere to the beauty standard or not which i didn't but it was so deeply um imprinted upon my consciousness that it took something so severe of like being passed through just this gnarly meat grinder of life to be like I'm alive and in a body and that is beautiful right. and it, this whole thing of just like ripping the construct of like your hair has to look this way and your face has to look this way and your body has to look this way and you have to be this size and your boobs and your butt and your wrinkles are not wrinkles and your hair. It's a fucking exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. And I was so far outside of that realm that I was like, part of me was horrified by what I saw in the mirror, but another deeper part of me was in true love
1: yeah
2: and this Mm. was starting i was going through the crone initiations and that's what i love about crone energies because the crone doesn't give a fuck when she (laughs) (laughs) and i think about your mom as i say that you know like i got to meet her in her phase of that
0: super crown mode
2: Super
0: Chrome mode. Yeah. And you, you, you helped her so much to, to, in that journey of Chrome mode because, <laughs> you know, it, like you say, the imprint, like that, that pressure to always be performing in a certain way, looking in a certain way, fitting this specific um, size of body. And the wrinkles and that, and you know, and she was a little rebel. She did fight a couple of surgeries that they wanted to impose on her or like well offered her my you know my grandma my mom was like no no no, i'm not gonna go under the knife no fucking way um but she would still always be like holding her you know holding her chin up like i mean i i I see now what she was doing now i look in the mirror i'm like oh that's why she would hold her face because it pulls back your skin and you look you know you don't look like you have this chicken thing in the neck and oh god (laughs) You know, yeah, like that exactly, holding your hand up. But she, she really had. I think it was so impactful that you were along her side every day to tell her this, to to mirror her, and that it was the inside of her that was so beautiful and raw and a rebel and powerful because she was super depressed about her looks, of course, about the body, right? Because she couldn't walk what, like as she as she was able to before or drive or this or that um, and it you worked her into this journey you worked with her and I'm sure she worked with you well you know she initiated all of us but we you worked her through this journey of oh yeah that's right it's the inside it's my like it's my it's my it's my love it's my it's my inner self it's my courage my spirit versus like it's my performance my wrinkles standing up straight you know the freaking the eye is over here and now my lips don't look like they used to and oh
2: yeah well what's interesting too is like I was enamored by your mom's spirit I mean who couldn't be (laughs) and her heart and her mind, but I also was completely awestruck by her external beauty and it wasn't um, the beauty construct. It wasn't conventional beauty. She was a crone. She was an elder. She had a face of wrinkles. She had the sagging skin. She had her beautiful white salt peppery hair and she gifted me by being able to come and witness her internal and external beauty she really actually helped like activate me in certain levels because i still had and have things that i'm releasing and letting go but just getting to work with her so intimately over that time and just being captivated by her internal beauty and i could see i was i would just be like you're so beautiful and it was sincere i was just like breathtaking by her external beauty and that she was gifting me with that activation of being able to witness an elder a crone and not fake the funk or like put it, put her on or gas her up it was I was like yo you're beautiful like wow and she, it was bad to me that she couldn't see
0: she didn't so, believe it for a while mm-hmm.
2: yeah do you think that she did eventually no I no. mean maybe
0: I'm pretty sure yeah like on and off on and off I think eventually she just did the crown thing and didn't give a fuck and, you know
2: like, <laughs> well <laughs> but- and she like you said, she, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to tag on. She was struggling with the depression of the physical yeah. issues she was having.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I think it wasn't, it was so, it's, I guess it's similar to you, 42 years old, boom, right away you're in menopause. For her, she had a stroke and right away, boom, she like aged 15, 20 years. It was insane. Like from, she was still, I mean, she was slowing down a little bit, you know, she was walking and driving and traveling and doing the thing and coming to parties and this and that and going Mm -hmm. to this event, that event. All of a sudden, she was like, no makeup, didn't want to drive, I mean, couldn't drive, didn't really want to walk, just wanted to sleep, blah, blah, blah. So it was like a huge, um, it was so fast that I think, I believe it takes time to grow into this acceptance of, okay, I don't have my period anymore, right? Or I have these night sweats, or I'm a little bit older. It takes me a little bit longer to walk here now. And she she had a good support team, you know, alongside her. She also had people giving her shit. Like, you know, some of her family members like, come on, keep walking, go to the gym, get your shit together, put on some makeup. So she was over here trying to release and be free and just surrender and just be love. And over here, she's still getting the pressure of some of her brothers and sisters and all. Come on, come on, man. You gotta keep on um, trucking. And maybe they meant well, but no, 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 no. Not. I don't think they, I mean, I think people are just imposing our own mirroring and your own fears, right? And you think you mean well, but really you're just, you're looking at something, and you're like, oh fuck, that's gonna happen to me. And you're subconscious, you're trying to fight it. But so I think yep. it took her a while and I do, I don't know. I think in and, out, in and out, we all have sensations here and there of knowing whether we consciously make a note of them. Because I think we inherently know that we're beautiful. And then we step in and out of that knowing. So maybe she did know. I um, hope. I hope so.
2: You know, I don't know if all of us inherently know that we're beautiful. Not on a conscious level. I, I mean,
0: not on a conscious level. But there's got to be something in there where once in a while you just like, you realize, oh shit, I was just dancing and wait, no, stop it, stop it, stop. It. Like you realize, you know, and and we block ourselves from it because we maybe notice that you're not in that um, quote-unquote construct. And you're right, maybe some of us don't. Maybe I'm just being hopeful or whatever, (laughs) Pollyanna. But I do, because I know that looking back now, I mean, I've beat up my body like a motherfucker, right? Run, don't eat this, keep going, lift some more weight, da, 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 blah, blah, blah. Do your hair, don't go, you know, get up up in the mirror and saying, oh shit, you better fix this, fix that, right? for years yep. but I also looking back do remember times where I was like soft and where was able to dance and just feel beautiful and not really I didn't I wasn't thinking consciously oh I'm feeling in my inner beauty but I do now think because I, I believe life is about remembering mm-hmm. some of it and I do sometimes remember being in that softness now It's a lot better when you're conscious of it and aware of when you're blocking them, because we block it. And we don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a good wise decision to block it, right, to fight it. So who knows? I mean, I don't know, but honestly, aging, um, I now see that it is intense. It's a privilege. But it's, um, and it's a journey of courage and community. And the more we talk about letting go of these expectations and slowing down gently, you know, I was with my friend yesterday who is a Qigong teacher. You know? She's been teaching Qigong for years, 15, 20 years. And during you know, this shutdown, well, of course nobody could go to the gym, so for a year and a half she gained a bunch of weight and wasn't really doing anything and all of a sudden now she's like, I'm gonna go back. But instead of going to Qigong, she went to Kung Fu. She's like, I was kicking, kicking, kicking I mean she's and I was like, Oh girl, ooh, I you gotta slow down. Like, oh I love it, I love it. Of course, yesterday when I had coffee with her, she had she got she had a little injury in the forty seven something hundred kick, right? And I was like you see you see how interesting it is um because she's a little bit older than me not that much older but I just told her you know I have honestly really really embraced slowing down I love to dance I love to walk and I'm going to and I love yoga I mean I'll do all the crazy ashtanga shit I love it but it's low impact and it's soft for my body and it's taken me a lot of injuries and my spine, this and that, and some physical therapy telling me that I had to realize that I was old and that I would not be doing CrossFit at my age, blah, blah, blah. And that my spine wasn't a 20 year old spine anymore and all this kicking and screaming and moaning. But my result right now is a knowing and an embracing. Actually, it's a fucking relief. Yeah, bitches, fuck CrossFit. I don't need to do that anymore. And I tell you what, some young women feel this, too, because what I was telling my friend is, you know, what, what would it be like if you don't kick all the way up to your head? What if you just kick slowly? And she says, yeah, the older ladies, they just kick it halfway. And I'm like, well, we are the older ladies. Maybe they just don't look as young as we do because we dress different, we have a different attitude and we have like, you know, we're all in the holistic world. So we maybe take a different care of ourselves and, or whatever. Maybe it's just a look. Or maybe they're embracing aging better and don't dye their hair. Who knows, right? But I said, what would happen if we don't lift our legs? If we don't, um, I don't know how you say the word exige in English, Um, demand. We don't demand of ourselves because who's taking role here? You're not getting a grade. If you do slowly and you just breathe, you you get just as good of a benefit and you don't fuck up your body. And then shoot it down to my 31-year-old 30, friend who was about to give birth to her first baby. And I saw her two weeks ago. And I was telling her, you know, because I had just had this surgery and I was like, oh gosh, she was showing me her yoga studio. She has a resort down in South of Mexico. And I'm like, wow, I can't wait till I can do yoga and work out because right now I really, with my surgery, I, I really can't. You know what she tells me at 31 years old? Oh, man, you should enjoy it while you can. Because working out is such a fucking burden, not because we're not working out to feel healthy and strong. We're working out to look like Madonna. And that shit is exhausting.
2: Right? Oh, man. Exactly. That's what I was thinking while you were talking was. You know, it's very radical and revolutionary in this crone phase because, you know, just the movement aspect, we're moving for us, not as a performance. I mean, that's where I'm at in mine. Like I think about myself as a dancer and I'm like, I worked so hard to perfect my technique as a performing dancer, as a teaching dancer. And you know, it totally goes with the Chrome phase where I'm exploring this whole new realm of movement where it's non-performative. It's about having the experience with the body temple and it takes all that pressure off of, you know, movement to perform like, oh, look at me teacher, I'm doing great or whoever might be watching, look at how great I can do this thing, which is pointing back to us needing that validation externally, right? Or, or we're doing the movement because we need to shape and sculpt our bodies to look a certain way. And why do we do that? Because society has told us that our validity of our worth is based on how we look. And I think we probably have had this conversation on your podcast before where, you know, something that I really got during cancer was that beauty for women is currency. It's a form of currency for us. It's wow. It it shows up in all of our relationships, where, whether we are conscious of it or whether we acknowledge it or not. You know, I think about who I am in the workplace, who I am in relationships, you know, just moving through the world, shopping in the store, um, the way we look as women, people you know, people are interacting and responding with how we look. And so we are hyper aware of that, whether we're, you know, in our nervous system, aware of it, in our conscious mind, in our subconscious mind or unconscious mind, we know it. And so it's like, to what degree do we engage with that to just move through the world, to move through life, to be in relationship with others to be in work relationships or you know just relationship with ourselves we're so hyper aware some some i mean all to different degrees but yeah we're aware of how we look all the time you know it can really do a number on our heads and so that's part of the beauty of the crone initiation. It it just brings us when we're really riding that wave, it brings us into that more like radical revolutionary, like bucking that system of like, I'm I'm not that anymore. As we age, we really get, I'm not forever 21 anymore. (laughs) Where you're like, I'm not forever 21 anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. It's self-evident. And for me, I choose to just bear my wrinkles without judgment on how anyone else does the navigation of the skin changes or the body changes. But I, I just have decided to take that walk of how does my face, how does my skin age over time? And, you know, a new blessing that has come to me very, very, very recently is the more, you know, it's like, I'm kind of digging certain aspects of the Corona initiation because one of the newest blessings is as I age, more and more, I'm being confronted with those body parts that I've been struggling and fighting with for a long time. But now they're like becoming more and more and more apparent to me and what I realized I made the connection of like whoa I'm starting to look more like my mother and my grandmothers and before I couldn't see the beauty of them in their aging but now that I am here and I'm working with it instead of being like oh my god I look like my mother and my grandmother. <laughs> Oh my God, I look like my mother and my grandmothers. And it's a, it's a blessing in my brain. My brain sees it differently now, mm-hmm. where it's like the double chin, the belly, you know, just all the wrinkles, the things that my body is doing. It's like, oh, oh, I, I look like them. I come from them. Who the fuck told me that that's not beautiful? to look like your lineage, you know? And I mean, I guess it's also for me related to really delving into my ancestry and understanding it and coming to terms with the skin I'm in, the skin color, my ancestral lineage, and the more that I learn about it and the more at peace and amazement I come to it, the more I feel proud to be like, yeah, I look like them. And it's a beautiful thing. Even if the world thinks it's ugly, in here, I'm starting to see it. And I'm like getting more at peace with it. There's a peace in it.
0: Yeah, like a rest. A rest. Mm-hmm. I remember like 10 years ago, one of my aunts, I think she's maybe 15 years older than me. She's always looked very good and done a lot of exercise. I heard her say, her daughter was giving her shit or something about like working out or whatever. Cause and she's like, you know, no. When you get older, your body changes. And I, and I, in my mind, I thought, the hell! You're just not working out. Your body changes. My ass. I'm gonna keep jumping and going and pushing and no. And now I think about it, like you know, 15 years later, because this was a while ago. I think, wow, my auntie was right and i could sit here and fight it and like don't not eat anything and work out a lot and take hormones or whatever fucking steroids people but it's like no your body does change and it's interesting that you say that because i would always look at my hands or or even one of my cousins would say uh, she would work out like a mother trucker because she was like i will never have my mom's cellulite ever i'm gonna run from here and i was like okay And now I think about, like, I would look at my mom's hands and I would look at my hands and I would think, like, wait, my hands look like my mom's or my, what the fuck, no, no, no. And now I look in the mirror and I'm like, like I'll walk by the mirror and go, oh shit, there goes my mom. And I have a sense, like you say, of like, "Ah, there goes my mom, I am, I am, I come from my mom. I came out of her body, like through her body and it's cool to look like her now and you know of course we're doing many things different right upgrading this whole ancestral healing lineage thing but yeah even you know allowing for that and i tell you what though it's not easy i mean i do struggle i told my friends i'm, I'm going down to mexico city next week to do a meditation and mindfulness workshop and check out some places for more retreats. And I was like, look girls. Cause I just had the surgery. I don't want to do any more surgery ever in my life. And I'm not even going to dye my, my gray hair. I'm done with this. No more. And then of course the next day I go to the mirror and my hair is all gray, and I'm like, fuck that shit. Let's go buy the color. <laughs> so you know, and I went and I, and I covered the gray. And so I and then I came back and I was like, oh, I'm such a hypocrite. I'm doing this like aging, befriending aging. And I go color my gray. So I'm just trying to say here that the struggle is real. I'm not going to do fucking surgeries, but yeah, I covered the gray. And but, you know, I'm giving myself a break, soft compassion. Little by little. It wasn't like it was cool gray hair, you know, it just looked like kind of fucked up. So I guess I have to figure it out. But but yeah, it's like tritation, right? In and out, in and out. (laughs)
2: exactly and I think that every person has their unique dance with aging and you're doing it in a way that feels right for you and maybe letting the gray come through is too much of a stretch for you right now and when it's time if it's time it'll be time and you'll know it um yeah so yeah
0: I might dye it purple. Another thing I thought about too is like, Oh, come on. dyeing your hair is not a big deal. Um, you know, you don't have to make that kind of a stand. I do have friends that have gone completely gray and that's great. The bigger issue for me is more of like, I will not have surgery to like, lift my face or do more lipo. I will not kill myself at the gym trying to look like a 20 year old. I will not, um mistreat myself and tell myself that this sucks this i will honor i will honor this crone journey and i will embrace and i will soften and then i will tell all my other girlfriends and women people around me it's okay dude you don't have to kick for 150 kicks who's fucking like for what you can kick them if you want but kick them halfway no let's go to tai chi and And just be softer and walk and walk and walk and always, always move and breathe and laugh, of course. But, you know, the demands are like, they're too intense. And like, I always think about you. I always have this, what you told me once. Because a lot of these demands, like these trying to meet these like staying young things are, are, you know, cause of this like self-loathing. Because it's impossible to look like the Barbie thing. And you always, you told me once who benefits from my self-loathing, which takes us back to this whole currency thing, right? And it's so not sacred. It's so not ceremonial. It's so anti earth-based ancestral reality of who we truly are, that it's like I don't know. I, that's why I'm like, I got it. we got to do a series on this. I got to get everybody on here talking about it, normalizing it, normalizing And I, And I love what you said about our own unique dance. Yeah. Everyone's going to dance differently. Just know that this is like a journey that we're all kind of on together.
2: Yeah, exactly. And when you were bringing up that point, who benefits, I, I was thinking, you know, the, all of the industries, the beauty industry that benefits off of our own self-loathing, they're playing upon our basic universal human needs. And, you know, when we think about having to um, look a certain way, well, we're doing that because we've learned that, like, like we were talking about, beauty is currency. And it's like, oh, this will help me get a mate. So it's helping us meet our need for connection, intimacy, safety, security, stability, relationships, or this might help me get that job, right? So we understand that the beauty can be a tool for us and it helps us get our needs met. And when we're constantly thinking we're not enough and we're self-loathing and we're in that false belief system of, I'm not enough, I'll never be enough. I have to do all of these things to be close enough to enough. And then, yeah, there's industries built upon that. And they are playing upon our primal universal human needs for connection and safety and security and and having our needs met. And that is just like-
0: It's a great market for them. And even even the, you know, bringing it back to aging, like if you look old, oh, they're not going to hire me. Who wants to hire, you know, a 65 or 75 and 82 year old person. But if you figure it out how to look like you're 50, maybe they'll hire you. Like, you know, it's like we're, we're dismissing the whole sacredness of elders and of being, people are perfectly capable of working, of talking, of producing when you're older. Um, you know, it's, 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 um, discrimination.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it's discrimination and, you know, I think it's, it's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's even harder on women in the workplace because men, when they're aging are considered these distinguished gentlemen you know they're dashing they're debonair they're the salt and pepper kind of rough guy and then a woman who's in that phase is kind of just considered trash right because it's like oh well you're not a birthing machine anymore because now you're in the crone phase so like what good would you be you're not like wife material you can't have my babies i mean these are like deep 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 programs and i'm not saying everybody operates that way but the way that we have made aging people and I'm going to just focus in on the women part invisible Hmm. so many women in their crone and elder phases and I mean I'm in the beginning of my crone phase and I got there in a weird chemically induced phase but I mean I'm on the aging continuum I'm 46 um but I just see the way that society wants to just hide away old people, elders, hide aging. And ultimately it's like, we're trying to hide ourselves from facing death and anyone in the elder phase, like you said, in the beginning, it's a privilege to get to your elder phase in this life. Everybody gets there. And, And like you said, could we hold people who get to their elder phase in esteem? They're our elders. They're literally our elders. And when we want to tuck them away and hide them away because they are a mirror reflecting back to like, yeah, I'm getting to the end of this life. Like, hi, death is near, right? We don't age backwards here. We age towards that.
0: Which is probably the whole negation of looking... Of wanting to look young, right? The negation of this death, of this final destiny that's inevitable. Well, the younger I look, the more I can avoid this and pretend it's not going to happen. The younger I look, the more I can just la la play dumb and I realize, oh, I'm never going to be in that, you know, space. Hmm?
2: Yeah, <laughs> her donkeys are barking. Well, and I'm going to speak to that too because, like I said, I'm 46. I'm single. I'm in an aging body and I'm in a radically different body. Like I'm breathless and I'm in menopause and I am, you know, when it's time going to enter back into potentially dating and seeking out my mate and um that's a whole different thing when you're 46, right? Like I haven't like been in the dating world since a decade ago and yeah. so now I'm like oh my god I'm going I'm opening my heart and opening myself to partnership as a woman in her mid-40s and in menopause and my body's different and my whole being my whole life is different and um it brings up so many insecurities and I'd like to just place that on the table and speak on it because I'm imagine yeah. a lot of women go through this at my age and older in like, this is something that comes up for me. I'm just going to speak it. Why not? Say like, yeah. Yeah. So I have fears of like, who would be attracted to me? Like my body's radically different. Oh. I am in menopause. Like I I am, I have visible signs of aging and, um, And it just brings up insecurities and fears around, is it going to be much harder for me to find a mate? But then, you know, I kind of spin in those thoughts and insecurities and fears, and then I'm like, and I know who I am, and I know my true beauty, and I know that the right mate will see me, who I truly am, and I believe the right mate, especially at this stage in life, like when we're 20, we're just like, ooh, you're hot, right? Or, yeah, but <laughs> now we're different. We're grown, mm-hmm. we're more mature, we're expanded, aware, and we see the full, hopefully we're seeing the full person. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah, what do you think about that?
0: No, it's real. I mean, I i am listening to you. of course I'm thinking, are you crazy? You're beautiful. Like you're so sensual and the way you, you know, the way you hold yourself and your sweetness and you, but of course, you know, it's easier for somebody else to see that sometimes than for us to see it. But I do I hear you and I'm glad you went there because yeah, we need to hear the reality, you know, and I have, you know, heard lots of friends going, I don't know, oh my gosh, you am I going to date this person. It's so weird. And I think it comes down to how you feel inside. And knowing, of course, you're not just, you know, the twenty-one going to say yes to whoever. But now you honor your space, you honor your energy. Um, they'll be lucky to fucking come find you. That mate that's coming, right? <laughs> because it's also about how you feel. I think, like, sensually in that, like, felt sense of, um, I don't know, that juiciness in life that's attractive for the mate, because i tell you what, I took these boobs off after thinking that the boobs were going to make me sexier and have better sex and that Julia would like me better and that I would look more sexy, blah, blah, blah. Well, and then I take them off and now I'm like, God damn it. All of my sensuality and my juiciness comes like from my behind. And you know, I don't give a fuck about the boob. Like it just never was something that turned me on anyway. But I thought that it had to. So now I'm like beginning I'm like feeling my inner self without looking in the mirror, thinking it has to be this way or be that way. It's like a I don't I don't even know if I'm expressing this the right way, but it's about walking in this um inner rest, sensuality, um which like again, like the gray hair, like everybody's gonna do their dance. We're gonna do tritation, in and out, in and out, whatever. But it's like this whole mystery of opening up into like, I feel so beautiful. I feel beautiful. I feel the sensation inside of me. And to have that, that's fucking work. That's dope. That's where it's at. Because usually you're in the mirror checking whether or not you're gonna feel good. But when you cannot even look in the mirror and just be in you and just I tell you what that energy emanates, and people feel it, so yeah that's that's how you know that's what I think about that
2: that <laughs> and i I love that you spoke to just that process of what led you to have the implants and then the realizations that you had taking them out you know and Mm. cool because they played their role for you
0: yeah i played the game for a little bit whatever Mm. i had to do it you know
2: they were your teacher yeah right like you had to do it like you said on some level you had to do it you had to go there and then you got to take them out. You got to have that empowered experience of like, okay, I'm done now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a, and that's why I think, you know, it's so important to realize and to remember whoever's listening to this, that everybody dances in their own beat and that, you know, the dance is the dance and there's no right or wrong. It's just your fucking dance, man. Dance like you want it. Because if I would have even known about this when I got them in, I would have said like, yeah, whatever, whatever, I'm getting them. You know, I was that just was who I was 18 years ago. I, and now, you know, this is who I am 18 years later. Um, so to kind of have that uh, compassion and that, okay, okay, this is my dance. I don't have to dance like that one or that one. We don't wanna compare and say, oh, I wouldn't feel like that. How come I still don't? I don't like getting the crown thing. No, no, no. Softly, just like those big kung fu kicks. We're gonna do tai chi <laughs> and be, you know, aware of like, okay, okay, calm. Um, and I can hear myself and about seventeen of my friends, especially the Mexican, in like hell. I'm gonna fight this till the end, and I am not gonna. I'm not okay. Okay, but what is the exchange for that? And I get it, I'll probably probably maybe die dying my hair. Maybe maybe that's my thing, my gray hair, right? Um, But I'm not gonna care about, I'm not gonna do surgeries um, and I'm gonna not be killing myself. But what is the exchange for pushing yourself into not embracing change and not embracing aging? We can embrace it in our own kind of gentle dance. It could be a slow dance. It could be a fast dance. Whatever, but it's just so. There's just so much here. I'm like, okay, embracing aging, embracing the crown, the sacredness of it, and the the the. Because even as I'm speaking, I'm hearing myself, and all of the people that are going to tell me, are "You crazy? Not that easy. No, it's not. That's why we're podcasting here." <laughs> to do something
2: i'm so curious uh, if you could speak for your friends that have that really strong stance around like hell no i'm fighting this till the end what would you say their reasoning is
0: um their worth their self you know their self-worth i'm not going to be well a lot of it may be what you said like how am i going to get a mate whatever or my self-worth but i think the main thing is the standards of society right what were people going to say if i start just not looking like i'm 20 30 40 when i'm when i'm 75 you know like what's going to happen and i remember my mom would she was really funny because all of my grandmother's friends all of them had the facelifts maybe one or two did didn't, but they were all you know fancy women from society and went and got their facelifts. And then they did the second one. And then they did the third one. By the time they did the third one, it was so hilarious because some of them just looked like, okay, well, I think that you just, you overkill, overkill, Pedro Almodóvar movie style, you know. And, And my mom would be like, she'd tell me at like these little tea parties or whatever. They weren't really tea parties. They had the tea set, but they were drinking. The hard stuff she would be like oh my god I am never gonna look like that I cannot do that that's just so and she wasn't like being mean making fun of them she was just like observing like the ridiculousness of pulling your skin like that when you're 92 I don't even know why they got the doctors to do it I'm sure they paid them but you know that so I think that lineage of having that deep desire to not age, to comply, to stay in this worthy, like you said, I have to be young and worth my, I don't know, like expressing this beauty, which really looks fucking horrible because you're not looking that good after the third facelift at 90. But that is the fear that's been pushed down into our, you know, into me, into these, um, all of our generations, because, well, Children learn what they live, quote, unquote. And so there's this pressure to look a certain way. There's a pressure to be thin and look good, or your husband's going to leave you, your mate's going to leave you for a younger one. So what? Let him fucking leave. Just pay the bills, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> yeah, if they're going to leave because of how you <laughs> or. <laughs> 'Cause they need someone younger than by. <laughs>
0: right. Or go have your fun. Like I'll have mine too. Like, what is this monogamy shit? I mean, I don't know.
2: So when you were talking, I had another thought as well that perhaps you know, knowing that there's all these procedures available to the anti-aging, like just that name alone is like,
0: ah,
2: oh God. Um
0: they should call it the anti-death fakeness or something like that. So yeah. they, they kind of like see the reality of it like, oh. Totally. It's fake? Yeah,
2: it's fake. Anti-nature unfolding and doing things. <laughs> uh-huh. But I had this thought that perhaps it's also an attempt to assert control over something that is uncontrollable. Mm. Right? It's like, holy shit, my body is wrinkling my boobs are sagging for people with boobs or my butt is sagging or my hands are getting splotches on them or my hair's going gray and
0: so the and beauty I can't walk as fast as i used to because it's also not just looks it's also like um i'm having a hard time here climbing up that hill that i used to run up like no big deal
2: right so it's like, so what can I do within my own power to assert some control over this thing that feels completely out of my control and is terrifying because ultimately when we do look in the mirror and when we do see ourselves aging, or when we look down and see our bodies aging, we are again, confronted whether we're going to name it or not. Holy shit. Every day is a day closer to death for me. Yeah. We're dying. And so maybe if I pull this back I can convince myself on some level that I'm I'm I have the upper hand over this thing and I say that con- compassionately not to poke fun I do not poke fun about it everyone is on their sincere journey to do their best in life but you know all these things are available to us and Are they serving us? Are they serving? They might be, you know, I don't know. I'm not the authority on any of this. I'm just postulating like everybody else. But I think I'm just an advocate for like, you know, I don't see mother nature um, embarrassed of her wilting leaves. Like they're full out, right? You look at a plant, it'll have its buds. It'll have its blooms. It'll have its wilts. Then you look on the ground and you'll see the leaves that have dropped and then you'll see things composting and then you'll see new life being made out of what has died. And mother nature's got it all on display, right? She is maiden mother, crone, unseen realms, all happening at once. Mm. And she fully embodies it and embraces it. Unapologetically. And so she is my inspo, you know? I'm like I want to age like Mother Nature ages. That's just me.
0: Oh, I want to be like you because I well, do struggle. <laughs>
2: you no, know, and maybe I mean well, I'm I struggle too. Trust me. I struggle. I have fears, I have insecurities. I still have thoughts around my body that are like old shit I'm trying to untangle from. And I'll say maybe also being a person who has very 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 little financial means is part of my reasoning as well. If I had a million dollars, I might have a totally different thought about it. Like, oh yeah, and the surgery is $30,000, let's go. I mean, so really? for somebody like me, it's not at my fingertips to go get procedures, go get Botox, I don't, I don't have the money first of all. So maybe that also affects the way that I think about these things, maybe.
0: Well, it frees you from them too.
2: Yeah, because it it's
0: you know sometimes having so much access might not be such a good thing because like you say yeah yeah they're getting the lips and the lip filler and it's like a never-ending story and I mean my friends they get fillers and fillers every month there's something what do you do now uh-huh. now they did this and I did that my daughter who lives in LA will be like mom everyone looks like the same yeah. they're all going to the same plastic and they're all getting the same nose and this and that And it's this obsession with looking a specific way um they're not that's not even about aging that's about mold molding being a mold of how you have to be and oh you guys wait 20 30 40 years
2: i know start
0: the movement now be you be you go in go in
2: well and it's so fucked because the beauty construct also plays upon different icons different versions of beauty over decades right like when I yeah. was a teenager Pamela Anderson was like it and you know so it's a lot baby got back that too so, and Kate Moss and it was just confusing but it's like if everybody who tried to look like Pamela Anderson now would look dated so mm-hmm. everybody now who's trying to look like Kylie Jenner is going to look quite bizarre in 10 years, according to the beauty construct, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And they're going to be on to the next. And it's everybody's chasing the carrot that's dangling in front of them. And it's just, yeah, and now you know, it's like those kind of mainstream beauty Icons at quotation marks like Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner, they are so they are extreme surgery and on, like all kinds of they're not them, they're augmentations natural. And, that's so, what I'm telling
0: you. Access to these things is like a distraction. Oh, uh, yeah. Not having access to that is like a gift. True. You got other things to worry about, and then you, know, you get to the truth sooner than later. Yeah. Hmm. Um, All right, so here's another question for you. I know, not a question, but I want everyone to hear because I know you're doing this super cool event about embodying and loving your body and befriending it. And so I want everyone here to go. I'm going to be there, of course. You. Um Because this, these are the rituals and the, you know, the. I hate calling them workshops. I know they're a workshop, but I like to call them rituals, like ceremonies, like yeah. experiences. Where you come in and there's like, you know, all these other women, different ages, sizes, whatever, colors, everything. And you come in and you notice like, oh, okay. Um, this is, a, An experience of going in and releasing and becoming wild and not having to, you know, fuck this Kylie Jane thing, you know, not her, not her, the idea, the culture of it. So tell us about that event.
2: Okay, well, the events called body blessing, loving ourselves unconditionally is the tag. And I'm going to be co facilitating it with our dear sister Kirti (laughs) Srivastava.
0: And
2: So the idea of body blessing came to me actually um, through one of my godmothers over 20 years ago. She did body blessing rituals and it was just this beautiful one-on-one experience that she would do for people and she would do them on me. And essentially you you lay, or I would lay at her altar and then she would adorn my body and do this whole blessing with waters and crystals and herbs and and gems and just anointing, prayers, sound, Mm. percussion, just, and it was all just this gorgeous ritual of honoring the body as a sacred vessel for our spirit right and so that's how I came to learn that and then I began to offer body blessings one-on-one to people over the years Um, and so a few years back Kirti and I and one other person um, facilitated just I think it was probably like a three hour workshop and it was on a clothing optional beach and the experience was around uh, radical embodiment and and so it was like an opportunity for if participants felt like taking off their clothes they could and it was about being in ritual in nature with clothing on or off at whatever your comfort level was and then also having an immersion like a, a your own baptism of self in the ocean right Mm -hmm. and having immersive holy water experience with mother nature Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and so (laughs) um so this time around kirthi and i have created a two-day event well on day one it's a event in the evening it's all outdoors And in the evening, we're going to be delving into working with the crone aspect. And so we think of working with the crone as working with the shadow, working with what is buried deep within. So we'll be creating ritual and and workshop-y type experiences throughout the evening where we're inviting people and facilitating people to drop into the shadow realm around what lies hidden within our own shadow in terms of how we relate to our body temple, whether that's false belief systems that we are aware of and that we are hiding from ourselves or that we're just completely unconscious and we're calling that up. And then we'll have dance ceremony intertwined into that. And then, so yeah, day one, that evening is Diving into the realm of the crone, diving into the darkness and the shadow in a contained in a sacred container facilitated and then day two is stepping into the maiden and the mother aspect. so it's out in the day it's out at the beach again it, it'll be a clothing optional beach where participants at their comfort level can experience literally removing the layers, removing the veils, removing false belief systems. And the clothing is a metaphor for, you know, what is, what do you need to remove to allow your full essence to be? And You know, dropping layers of fabric can be a metaphor for like, let me be in my full embodiment. What does it feel like to radically embody this body that I have? And I like to think of the body as this temple that we have conjured and called forth with our spirit. We have a unique body temple. No one else on the planet ever has or ever will have this unique manifestation and our, my inner standing is that our souls conjure and call forth earth, water, fire, air, mm. trillions of cells, microbacteria, all, this whole ecosystem that is on loan from other earth so benevolently. She's like, here, have all these materials here. You're going to have this altering vehicle to have a life experience as a human on earth.
1: And yeah.
2: Have at it. And we conjured this. This is our creation. We are the ultimate manifestors in the material realm. And so the invitation for participants is fully embody it. And it's a lifelong journey, I think. But how can we create more peace in our body temples? How can we create more sacred union with our mind and our body, our emotional body, our energetic body, Ultimately, what we want to do, like in the yogic traditions, we talk about yoking together the different aspects of our being to be in service to our soul. Ultimately, I think all of us want to live the life of our highest destiny. Why did our souls come to this crazy ass planet right now of all times in human history? It's like Mm -hmm. it's popping off here right now. It's really intense nothing is promised on this planet. Can we seek to take the matter into our own hands, be in divine union with ourselves and love this temple that we've conjured and be kind and benevolent to it and work with it instead of against it and honor that, oh oh my gosh, the way I treat my body is the way I treat nature and mother earth because Our bodies are nature, right? So Kirti and I are like, let's do our ceremonies in nature. Let's let people have, let's invite people to have an immersive experience in community, in sisterhood. And then we've also called upon a few, uh, I call them alpha males in their power, in our community to come and actually protect the perimeter for us because we'll be on a clothing optional beach and we're inviting people to be vulnerable in their skin in ritual we thought it would be a nice idea to have some men come protect the perimeter for us really help us hold the boundary Mm
1: -hmm. so we
2: can walk into the feminine and do our work and be better versions of ourselves so that we can be in service to ourselves to our sisters our community to the earth. This is about helping humans be in their fullest potential. And, you know, we are just calling in people who are like, yo, I, I feel that I need to be there. Those are the people we're calling in.
0: It sounds like an experience of deep, intense freedom and power and love expanded. Ooh. Well, I'm gonna be there. Um, I'm gonna put the link for that registration on the podcast notes. But also people can register at Curti's webpage, correct?
2: W. Yeah, say Culture, I think it's dot com mm-hmm. e- events. And it's called Body Blessing. It's on September twenty fourth and twenty-fifth. And mm-hmm. we actually have an early bird code for people who um, register by September 10th. So I can give you that code as well.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Can you say the code on the mic or do I have um, to do I
2: it? don't know it on <laughs> <laughs> the time. It's a secret
0: code, but we're going to put it on the notes. Don't worry. Okay. Sweet. You can all get a discount um, or a special early bird. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you for doing these experiences. I think that's really where, um, with the juiciness, right? And that, that uh, I don't know, that preciousness of like, ah, the intensity of being alive really pops up. And that's what gives us, at least me, the awareness and the energy of like, wow, man, this shit is actually kind of fun. It's intense and it's difficult, but it's cool, it's fun. It's so wonderful to feel and love and enjoy and laugh. and And even, you know, I don't know we even feel a little nervous about getting in the water naked and whatever but just going in there and doing it it's like oh the water feels so good without a freaking bathing suit it really does
2: (laughs) it does and you know if people don't last time we did it some people didn't take off their clothes and there was there's never judgment it's it's all about really honoring who we are in every moment and having healthy boundaries, you know? Right, right, right. Depending on who you are and your lived experience, it just might be an absolute no. My clothes are staying on period point blank. And that's fine. Um, it's more about the imitation of, I mean, we use that as a metaphor and it does feel freaking great also to be naked and in nature and in the ocean without a So it does feel amazing. But the idea is really just dropping into the skin, dropping right? mm-hmm. into the body and, um, and embracing like, oh my God, I'm alive right now. I'm in a body right now. And there is absolutely nothing promised beyond this moment. And how am I showing up? And I know for me, like when I was going through the cancer treatments, I had this realization that Since I didn't know if I was going to live or die from, I mean, one day to the next, I really didn't. And it was like, I need to really, really, truly, finally love this body that I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, to varying degrees. Sometimes I've been kind and compassionate. Sometimes I've been horrible to it. And I really had to have a moment of reckoning or many moments of reckoning where it was like, Forgiving myself the way I have treated my body because I was always doing the best I could I just didn't really have the tools and the skills and the awareness and so there was writing letters to my body and making art making ritual doing ceremony just dancing being in nature kissing and hugging my own body speaking to my own body and um and being kind and gentle and and just being like, yo, before I go out, before I drop this body, I have to love this body. I have to, as it is, as it is right now. And it was just like such a stretch. Cause in cancer, like I would look in the mirror and be like, dude, I look like uncle Fester, (laughs) literally. I would say that. I would be like, I look like uncle Fester. Or I would also look in the mirror and see my father because he had just passed from cancer. And I saw him in me and it was terrifying because I was like, I look like I'm dying or maybe dead, close to death. And so, you know, a huge part of my rash, my rational mind was like, dude, how could I love? That's not pretty, that's ugly, that's no. And then mm-hmm. it was like, my spirit was like, Look deeper. Fuck that programming. Like, dude, really see yourself. Take Mm -hmm. the freaking blinders off. See yourself for real, for real. Mm
0: -hmm. Look deeper. Yeah. That's how we embrace aging. We look deeper. Right? Well, thank you. Thanks for coming on here. I'll see you, I'll well, see you soon, but I'll see you at the, at the experience of the Body Blessing, yeah. and everyone sign know. up to the Body Blessing if you're in San Diego, it's outdoors, it's a live event, Yeah. and um share, dude, share this podcast, subscribe, like it, share it, give it to everybody, all the women and the men, and everybody in between, Uh that, that, so that they can hear that the struggle is real, and that we're all sort of trying to, transform this and make it into a more sacred thing like okay let's um let's redo what some of the other people have fucked up yeah no reclaim reclaim reopen our hearts to love reopen our hearts to deep uh to look deep um because we have to there's no other option otherwise it's too hard it's too much despair you know
2: and what a disservice we'd be doing to ourselves and all of life if we didn't bow down in total astonishment for the miracle of our body.
0: Yeah, of being here feeling of
2: life. Yeah.
0: yeah. Of loving.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I read today um, this quote that Jack Cornfield says that we don't, because it's about perfection, which is the whole thing about well, describing perfect. And I was like, you don't practice spirituality or you don't practice these rituals or meditation or whatever your spiritual practices to become perfect at it. You practice to love perfect. You practice to open your heart into like step into this love.
2: I love that. Mm -hmm. And and something that I've learned in my permaculture course is that nature is not ever perfect. She's always slightly imperfect right and
0: that is the perfection there mm-hmm. yeah so cool well thanks everyone for listening to tales of recovery and thank you golden drake for honoring us again with your time and your presence
1: yeah. we'll
0: see you guys next time All
1: Right, bless